This is the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. The podcast for curious and passionate dental hygienists. Hi, Kara RDH here. I want to thank Philips Oral Healthcare for sponsoring this podcast audio article. Now is a great time to join your fellow dental professionals on Instagram at Philips Sonicare Pro for inspiration from your peers, continuing education opportunities, and resources to help you empower patients to practice healthy routines at home. Emotional Support Animals, Rules to Bringing One to the Dental Office by Angela Grover, RDHBASDH. Author's note, a few months ago, today's RDH featured Max, an office dog who hangs out at a Nebraska dental office with his owner, Dr. Kathy DeFord. After reading so many comments on Facebook regarding this article, I felt that further research would be a welcomed adjunct to the lighthearted article about Max. Emotional support animal, ESA, assistance has become increasingly popular. So much so that some dental offices may have ESAs on site or allow them to accompany their owners at appointments. With this practice becoming more common, it must be kept in mind that therapy animals provide people with therapeutic contact, usually in a clinical setting to improve their physical, lowered blood pressure, social, reduced stress levels, emotional, reduced anxiety, and or cognitive functioning, all of which can be experienced in a dental setting. What differentiates a service animal from an ESA? There's the likelihood of confusion surrounding support animals and whether they should be allowed in a healthcare setting. Some animals have specific rights and others have limited rights depending on their classification. Service animal versus ESA. A service animal means any animal that is individually trained to do work or perform tasks for the benefit of an individual with a disability, including a physical, sensory, psychiatric, intellectual, or other mental disability. For example, a blind individual would have a professionally trained service dog to assist them with sight. This service dog tends to be the most familiar. Another common service animal is utilized by hearing-impaired individuals. This service animal is known as a hearing or signal dog. A few other specialized and less commonly known service animals include seizure response, psychiatric, and sensory signal dogs. Seizure response dogs are trained to assist a person with a seizure disorder. The dog may stand guard over the person during a seizure, or the dog may go for help. Some have the innate ability to predict a seizure and warn the person in advance to prepare for the upcoming episode. Psychiatric service dogs have been trained to perform tasks that assist individuals with disabilities to detect the onset of psychiatric episodes and lessen their effects. Psychiatric service animals may remind the handler to take medication, provide safety checks or room searches, or assist with turning on lights for persons with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, interrupt persons who may do self-harm, as well as assist with disassociative identity disorders, keeping disoriented individuals safe. Sensory signal dogs assist people with autism spectrum disorders. The key takeaway is that service animals are assisting disabilities and are protected through the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA. An ESA is not professionally trained to work as a service animal. They're used as support animals to help someone function normally daily. There is a multitude of reasons that support animals might be necessary for an individual. The animals provide companionship, relieve loneliness, and sometimes help with depression, anxiety, and certain phobias. It's shown that some states have laws defining therapy animals. However, these animals are not assisting people with disabilities and are not protected by the ADA guidelines. Considerations for therapy animals in healthcare settings. 
While ESAs can be highly effective for some patients, it should be considered that not all who enter a dental practice will find an ESA necessary for their specific needs. In addition, the ESA might present challenges to some patients' overall well-being. The dentist insurance company suggests all patients should be notified of the presence of animals within the office in case of patient allergies, such as rhinoconjunctivitis, respiratory issues, rash, and acute urticaria. Dentists may also collaborate with an allergist to garner advice regarding certain breeds that may or may not be best suited for the needs of the office. Best practices should be followed with any therapeutic animal, including consistent bathing that removes loose dander. The animal should be restricted from licking a patient, especially facial licking since saliva can also contain allergens. The support animal should be inspected regularly for open wounds that could pose allergen issues as well. Likewise, any therapy animal should have regular examinations by a veterinarian to avoid disturbed behavior, which could affect the normal temperament due to pain or sickness, which could cause issues surrounding the animal's ability to assist. Infection control and hospital epidemiology suggests that each animal be re-evaluated at least every three years. Require that any animal be formally re-evaluated before returning to animal-assisted activities after an absence of more than three months. Require that a handler suspend visits and have his or her animal formally re-evaluated whenever he or she notices or is appraised, either directly or through the animal visit liaison, that the animal has demonstrated any of the following. One, a negative behavioral change since the time it was last temperament tested. Two, aggressive behavior outside the healthcare setting. Three, fearful behavior during visitations. Four, loss of sight or hearing, and consequently, an overt inclination to startle and react in an adverse manner. It's recommended that offices implement policies to meet the needs of staff and prospective and existing patients. All who enter the office should be made aware of the policy. The American Dental Association Principles of Ethics and Code of Professional Conduct, ADA Code, can serve as a useful guide for establishing a policy to meet the needs of each dental practice. How Therapy Dogs Best Assist When contemplating an ESA in a healthcare setting, there is much to mull over. An ESA should be exposed to training by an expert who will guide the pet's developing temperament. In addition to this training, the pet and pet handler must undergo regular reevaluation, training, and recertification as a team. Certification protocols do vary significantly between organizations. Minimum common prerequisites include immaculate health status, the willingness to interact with unfamiliar people, and the absence of behaviors that could jeopardize AAI recipients. Unfavorable behaviors include aggression, jumping up or on, mouthing, biting, and dodging. These trainings will alleviate the potential for behavior-associated issues such as bites, growling, or becoming agitated. A well-trained therapy dog will be able to handle the sound of a drill or sudden movement or loud responses from an anxious patient. Having a therapy dog present requires thought-provoking systems that guide the staff and patients as to the best practices for the ESA to effectively deliver support. If the office employs the ESA, the system may look like this. The ESA will have specific areas they can be present depending on the procedure being performed. Patient's lap, lying beside the patient on the provided table, or perhaps on the floor adjacent to the patient. The dentist provides patient-centered care while another staff member focuses on monitoring the ESA. The handler is responsible for determining any adverse situations and exhaustion in the ESA. The ESA should have a designated resting place away from the treatment operatories to recover after lengthy times of work. 
adverse events must be investigated, regardless of the absence of harm, to ensure the ESA and its handler in the dental setting are acceptable for any risks that may arise in the future. Chaz Rampenthal, general counsel at LegalZoom.com, suggests, As a business owner, you can be liable if an animal you allow in the workplace injured an employee, customer, or even the delivery guy. There are plenty of dog bite attorneys out there that see nothing but dollar signs when they can name a company in the lawsuit. He further recommends that pet owners provide insurance that will cover any injuries caused by the pet. He believes that it's not too much to require the employee to sign an indemnification agreement that will require the employee to pay the cost of defending any dog bite that comes your company's way. What about infection control? Comments following the previous article written indicated that dental professionals wanted more information surrounding infection control measures. Infectious Disease Advisor indicates, Risk to patients from exposure to animals in the healthcare setting may be associated with the transmission of pathogens through direct or indirect contact or, less likely, droplet aerosol transmission. However, insufficient studies are available to produce generalizable, evidence-based recommendations, and as a result, substantial variations exist in policies and practice across healthcare institutions. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention states, No evidence suggests that animals pose a more significant risk to transmitting infection than people. Therefore, service animals should not be excluded from such areas unless a patient's situation or a particular animal poses risks that cannot be mitigated through reasonable measures. If healthcare personnel, visitors, and patients are permitted to enter care areas, for example, inpatient rooms in public areas, without taking additional precautions to prevent transmission of infectious agents, for example, putting on gloves, gowns, or masks, a clean, healthy, well-behaved service animal should be allowed access with its handler. No reports have been published regarding infectious diseases that affect humans originating from service dogs. Standard cleaning procedures are enough following the occupation of an area by a service animal. Cleanup of animal urine, feces, or other body substances can be accomplished with blood or body substance procedures as outlined in the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention 2003 Dental Guidelines. Understanding these recommendations can allow dental professionals some peace of mind when making considerations surrounding ESAs in their offices. Ultimately, each office must determine how they can best serve their patients. Some may see the relevance in inviting therapy animals into their dental home, while others might maintain a different approach. Dentistry is not a profession where one size fits all. Therefore, it's valuable to have a vast array of choices. Being educated on recommendations and regulations can allow thoughtful decision-making when contemplating ESAs as one of the choices that may enlist an array of happy patients. I hope you enjoyed that audio article. Thank you again to Philips Oral Healthcare for sponsoring and for supporting dental hygienists everywhere. Follow Philips Sonicare Pro on Instagram for patient care tips, news, and inspiration from other dental pros. Thank you for listening to the Today's RDH Dental Hygiene Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.